Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kupinger Coal Analysts. And my guest today is Martin Kupinger. He's the founder of Kupinger Coal and principal analyst. And today we want to talk about IAM, Identity and Access Management Processes, and why there's more than joiner, mover, lever. Hi, Martin. Hi, Matthias. Great to have you again. And as I've mentioned already, um, there is more than joiner, mover, levers. So identity and access management processes, I assume, are one key of being successful when doing IAM. Would you agree? I would even say processes are important for virtually everything you do within IT. So success very, very frequently is based on defining processes and If you don't have these processes, the risk of failing, of also investing far, far too much into customization because you then do it more in try and error um, effort is far too high. So processes are key to success, yes. Okay. When I talk about identity and access management processes, I usually start with the statement that independent of the industry, independent of what an actual organization is really doing, identity and access management process in general are not that different if you go from one industry to the other. So there will be always joiner, movers and levers in, in general, but what makes these processes more complex? What are the aspects that real life organizations should look like? Should they cover their individualities, their, their specifics when it comes to defining their IAM processes? So let's at first look at the standard process and then maybe at which types of process do we need. So yes, there's joiner, there's mover, there's more than one lever because there's usually the standard and at least the emergency leave. And these processes and many other of the processes we will talk about today are not that different between different industries, between different organizations. As you already mentioned, people join the organization, people change their jobs, etc. That is one part of it. And we can work, from my perspective, very well with a set of standard processes, as we at Kupinger Coal have defined, by the way, which then can be adapted to the specifics of an organization and where you also can work with a set of standard processes within these processes, having some flexibility, for instance, for various entities of your organization, different geographies, etc. So you might give them some flexibility, but at a high level, these processes are pretty much equal and they are a good starting point. Coming to the second aspect, I think when we look at journal mover lever, we should understand that this is only about one part of the broader identity and access management, which is the IGA, or so identity governance administration part, or the life cycle management. And if you look at trying to move a lever only to a very little extent, maybe access governance. So it's only a portion because we also have access management. So with web access management, with federation, we have privileged access management. And when we are more mature in our implementation, we might have a couple of other areas within identity and access management. All of them need processes. So there are two things within that. The one is, it's not only about IGA processes, so we're trying to move a lever size, but even within that area, and I think you can also provide a lot of insight on that, even within the area of IGA, it's more because trying to move a lever is only a small portion. It doesn't cover things like application onboarding, access governance processes, and many other areas. 
Yeah, I think that is also an, a, a very important aspect that is usually forgotten. Application onboarding, that is really, there should be a standard or a set of standards processes for onboarding the different categories, different types of applications to make sure that these are quickly onboarded, ideally in a, in a self-service fashion so that the entitlements and the requirements for an application are well understood and quickly onboarded so that access management, access provisioning can happen very quickly. Maybe one other question. Um, usually when we talk about joiner mover leavers, to get back to that point, for at least for, for a second again, that heavily relies on well-defined upstream processes which are maintained in an HR system, which are maybe maintained in a system that um, handles external users or freelancers, etc. Many organizations are not mature in that area. And identity and access management has to work around that and find processes that heal actually HR deficiencies. Uh, what would you recommend to organizations that have not one central HR, but say 50 and have more than one system maintaining external users uh, that could easily ruin IAM processes? So you're referring to that uh, very common situation in projects where you say, okay, what about HR? And to say, oh, we're on our way to you know, sort of consolidating and unifying our HR. But unfortunately, currently, we still have 87 um, different HR systems, meaning you need to deal with a lot of systems. And then you touch it, partners, externals is even, even more complex. Um, so anyway, the first thing would be, the first recommendation would be to start talking with HR and the other entities. Um, frequently, the challenge <laughs> arises more from the fact that HR and IAM just don't talk much with each other. And this is where, where then no one knows who's responsible for which type of data, etc. So if you then are in a scenario where you need to deal with a lot of different sources and different levels of identity information quality, then it means you need processes that help you consolidating and processes that help you improving the quality of that information by maybe reaching out again back to people who are responsible for that information, et cetera. And that might be something you build in identity and access management. Even while it would be better to have the, the units such as HR um, solving that challenge, um, there's a lot of technology where you can do that, but that would sort of um, lead a discussion beyond the process topic we have now. Right. So we usually recommend as a first golden recommendation to say that IAM should not solve problems which are not IAM problems. So really focus on what IAM is actually for. But there usually have to be compromises made to make sure that the overall process framework, including all partners, upstream, downstream systems, are properly maintained and, and included in an overall process framework. Uh, but as you said, complex processes usually do not arise from these organizational challenges within HR, within other up and downstream systems. But it's really about making sure that the overall framework works well. So we've talked about application onboarding. We talked about the join removal levers. What are other processes that should be considered when we talk about um, IAM processes? So um, first, within IGA, you need processes to manage your entitlement um, models. So if you work with roles to create roles, to modify roles, to retire roles, if you use other types of artifacts, then for these artifacts. So you need this sort of speak model maintenance 
processes. You should always also work with a set of standard processes. So approvals, uh, at maximum, you have a single step and a multi-step approval, but not more. So don't have an approval process defined for every single individual process of a join or for move or for whatever else. Call out to standard processes for approvals, for escalation, for many other aspects. You need all these access governance processes around access reviews, around reporting, etc. Also, these processes need to be defined. And so you will then end up with a way bigger uh, framework for processes. And then there are the access management processes. So who defines the policies um, for, for access management? Who defines how federations handle Again, application onboarding. Application onboarding is the one thing which is sort of unifying the processes for IGA, for access management, for privileged access management. But talking about privileged access management or PAM, there also you have a lot of processes. So around, for instance, session monitoring, session recording, who reviews session recordings, in which way, when. Um, again, approval process and many other things. And some of them will be quite similar than process in other areas. Some are very specific. So it's really important to take a broader perspective on that and to have the process in place. And that also leads into, you also need then the policies, which are in fact the foundation for the processes and the processes are the foundation for efficiently rolling out and operating your technologies. Yeah, I would fully agree. And I think all processes that are well managed and can be automated are, of course, processes that can be executed very quickly. Processes take long when people are involved. And you've mentioned that very briefly. And I think that is an aspect many organizations should have a look at. And that is delegation. That is escalation. If a process usually takes longer when somebody is just not doing his or her work because she's not there, she's ill, she's not available, she's on vacation, she's on leave, and that has not been well managed. So if somebody is an approver, there should be a mechanism that makes sure that this task can be delegated for some time for being absent. But also, um, if this is not planned, there should be something like a, a quick and well-defined escalation process building on organizational hierarchies to make sure that there is a line manager that can take over that role um, if it's required. So really thinking about uh, who can take over this task as a deputy, as a stand-in, I think that is something that is that can be defined very centrally once for all and then can be used in many of these processes that involve user interaction. Mm. And there's three things on that. The first is, if you define the processes, you will also have the discussion about what is the right way for delegation. So you define uh, what can be delegated, what not. All these things are, then if you do it right, they are discussed and they are defined afterwards. A second point you brought up very briefly at the beginning of what, what you said is automation. So yes, we need to care for things that can't be automated, but we also should try to automate as much as we can. Because if we automate, for instance, the assignment of entitlements, we also can simplify the access reviews because what is um, assigned based on an automated policy doesn't need to be reviewed manually. Only the policy needs then a review, which also means you need to have processes for defining, for approving, for changing, for retiring policies. Again, a set of processes. But if you do that right, you will end up with a 
well-structured set of processes which have a usually a long lifetime. So a process should withstand, for instance, a change in the tools you're using because processes should be and must be very stable. And the third aspect you've mentioned was about the manual work. And that is another area of processes we need. We need a well-defined integration into IT service management for all the manual fulfillment tasks which we will have in our IAM infrastructure. But that is something which I would, from my experience, say logically comes out when you start defining processes because you then say, okay, that is missing. I need to do that as well. And, and if you do that, maybe with some proper guidance or building on a on a set of established standard processes, then you will be far more efficient in both the rollout and the implementation and the operations of your entire identity and access management. It will save you a lot of money. Right. And usually I ask what is available at Kupinger Coal. This time I can answer that question myself. Being lead advisor here at Kupinger Coal, we have executed a lot of projects already when it comes to assessing and looking at existing IAM systems or planning for upcoming new versions of IAM systems. So we have quite some experience in, in assessing existing uh, process frameworks and being the guy who is recommending help and guidelines for defining a new process framework. So if somebody of the audience is interested in just having a first talk about their process framework, having an assessment of their existing processes or just uh, in learning more about this might be improved, um, we will be happy to get in touch for a first informal call um, to talk about your existing process framework for upcoming challenges in all these new changing hybrid um, architectures that we are looking at right now. So we would be happy to get in touch with those who are really facing challenges here. And um, of course, there's also lots of research about that. Anything to add from your side, Martin? No, I think you've said everything well. So thank you for this talk. Thank you very much. And uh, looking forward to uh, another episode with you, Martin. And looking forward to getting in touch with everybody who's interested in learning more about improving IAM processes. Thank you very much, Martin. And bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.